Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Um, I don't know if we say happy Good Friday. Uh, it's probably not so happy in terms of Jesus and the things he went through on that day, but I can tell you right now, I'm really, really happy to be here this morning. It's funny how, you know, life just gets rolling along and you forget about Christ so many times. And today we're just really going to be concentrating on his death. Without that, no life for us. Um, unless Jesus died, we would not be able to have salvation. And yeah, this morning as we, we talk, as we listen, as we gather together to have communion at the end, um, this is really about focusing back on what did Jesus do for us. Uh, that death today, Sunday, the resurrection, and the, the triumph over sin, over death, over the grave, because he wanted to see us free. Uh, so this morning I'll be just doing a, a short talk about one of the aspects of the death of Christ. Um, then we'll be coming forward uh, to have communion at the end. So at the end the music will be playing, the band will be playing music. Just come and get your communion. What I'd like us to do is all just stand out the front and we're going to take it together this morning um, as I'll just read through what Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, which is what I'm going to talk about today. I don't know if you've ever had a friend, um, someone that you trusted deeply, and in the end, there's an important time in your life and you thought you could count on them. You thought that this person is the one that I can count on. At the very end, when I'm going through my hardest times, when... There's a big decision to be made when there's something that's important to me that this person will stand by me. Imagine that friend who you'd spent so many years with, um, you'd sat around the table with many, many times, you'd shared jokes, you'd, you'd shared life together, you'd shared your deepest fears, your deepest secrets, you'd worked together on projects and the time came when you needed them and they deserted you. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I, I think, you know, at times in my life, there's been times when I thought, wow, I just can't believe that happened. It's like this deep sorrow starts to fill you, and you're just like, I just can't believe it. I've been totally betrayed. The very person that I thought I could count on in my time of need has now deserted me. They're, they've spoken against me, they've not stood up for me, they've, they've not been on my side. What a tragedy that would be. Now we know that Jesus went to the cross for us, we're here today uh, to, I guess, celebrate that, it's a funny thing, we're celebrating his death, but at the same time we forget the humanity of Jesus sometimes in terms of all the things that he went through. And I'm just going to read a few parts of Mark chapter 14 and read out some of the things that happened and then just talk about the different betrayals that Jesus actually went through. Why is this important? Because it has literally nothing to do with our salvation, does it? The, the, the fact that, you know, Jesus was betrayed, yet Paul, in, when he was talking about communion, he said, I'm going to deliver what was delivered to me on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He got together with his disciples. There's something so deep about the humanity of Jesus, the understanding of what he went through, and so much of it he went through alone. In fact, when you know, we, we hear the story of him dying at the end on the cross, he even went to that point of saying, 
my God, my God, why have you deserted me? It was as if at the end of all that Jesus had done, he'd, he'd had this ministry happening and, you know, thousands were healed and set free and, you know, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the lame walked and, and all these amazing things had happened that, that people had, had their hearts turned towards the kingdom of God at the end. Jesus was quite a lonely figure hanging on the cross. That, that somehow all these people that had been supporting him had left him. And, and I want us to think about this in terms of our hearts today, in terms of where are we in terms of our relationship to Jesus um, today as well. So my first small passage is from Mark chapter 14, starting at verse 17. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the 12 disciples. As we were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one? He replied, it is one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the son of man must die, as the scripture declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Then we're going to move down to verse 27. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James and John with him. He became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want you all to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. They didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's get going. Look, my betrayer is here. We go down to verse 66. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, you were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth, but Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and he went into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you're a Galilean. Peter swore. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly, 
Jesus' words flash repeat his mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Isn't it amazing that these people that Jesus had been with for so long, at his very time of need, turned their backs on him? We see three different things really here. One, we see someone who is prepared to actually betray Jesus by going to the high priest, making a deal with them, saying, look, I'm going to give, I, want to, I want to betray Jesus. For whatever reason it was that Judas decided to do that, the deal was done. And we often think, well, Judas did that for money and, you know, the betrayal was just this, that when Jesus was in that garden and they were walking along, Judas would come up and kiss him and say, this is the guy, this is Jesus. But think about it a bit more deeply. They had to have a trial for Jesus. They had to, to somehow find him guilty of something so that they could get rid of him, that they could kill him, that they could crucify him. What this meant was that Judas probably started to give them some inside knowledge. This is the man Jesus. They, they would have been questioning him. What is it that we can get this man on? What is it that we can find this man guilty of so that we can ultimately get rid of him? A betrayal of confidence a betrayal of trust that had taken place. Secondly, we see Jesus in the garden and he said to his disciples, this is a time of grief for me. This is a time where my soul is absolutely crushed. Can you just stand with me? Can you just pray with me for a while? Jesus goes off and prays and what does he do? He comes back and finds the disciples asleep. Do you get the significance of that? Imagine you are in that time of need. This is your most crucial moment in life. This is the time of the most heavy darkness that you've ever faced. And you ask a friend, can you just stand with me? Can you be with me just for a minute? Can you, can you pray with me? Can you support me through this time? And all they do is sleep. They show no concern for the deep anguish you're going through, the, the deep grief you're going through. And you have no one supporting you and standing with you at that moment. In other words, your friendship means nothing, in a way. And thirdly, people that say they will stand with you, that actually deny you. Peter, in fact it was all the disciples, it wasn't just Peter, but but being accused of actually being a follower of Jesus. And, and the accusation is brought, and it's not even that he's just like, oh, no, I wasn't a follower of Jesus and walked away. He stayed there, and, and he got to the point where he actually swore. And then he made an oath. There's no way that I was following Jesus. And at the end of it, as Jesus' words rang true in his, his mind, he broke down and wept to see the betrayal that that he had given. You see, all these things happen as Jesus was going through his darkest hour. We think Jesus endured the cross for one reason and one reason only. It says Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. What is that joy? That joy is sitting here today at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. This, that joy is sitting around the world in churches everywhere. That joy 
is sitting now in heaven with the saints that have died before. Jesus looked through all that stuff because he knew that salvation was required for mankind to be brought back to God, to be brought back into relationship with him. And yet even today, as Christians, do we sometimes act that way towards Jesus? Do we sometimes betray the Christ with our life? Do we at times deny him? When someone says, you're a Christian, aren't you? And the response, oh, no, no, not a Christian. You go to church, don't you? Uh, Yeah, sometimes I might go. Our resolve for our faith at times is so weak. We can look and we can, can even look in the past and go, how could Judas betray him? How could Peter deny Jesus Christ? How could the disciples fall asleep at the wheel? Yet I'm sure that we do that all the time. I'm sure there's times when you know you should be praying about something, but instead you're asleep or you're scrolling through Facebook, or you're watching a TV show, or you're out having fun, water skiing, and I'm not saying those things are all bad. But what I'm saying is this, that we can easily look at our life and forget that we are subject to exactly the same thing as those disciples that day. That there's times in our life when we don't follow Christ, where we don't stand up for him, where we don't make him our priority and understand the friendship that we have with him. Where we deny that we even know him at times. Maybe sometimes not through our words but through our actions that that as we live our life out before mankind we don't act the way a Christian should. And it's not our words that are saying no, we don't know Jesus. It's our very actions, our unloving ways, our thoughts, our words, our deeds that show to the world that Jesus is not our Lord at all. Have you ever been in that place? I'm sure you have. I'm sure I have. And with my very heart, I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. But I know there are times when sometimes I deny him. So what do we do? I just love that story with Peter. He denied Christ. And Jesus restored him. After Jesus had come back to life, he, he, he talked specifically to Peter and asked him the question, do you love me? He said, you know I do, Jesus. Jesus asked him again, do you love me? You know I do. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Then feed my sheep. You see, our life is not measured in the things that we've done before Jesus before restoration because that's the whole point of the cross is that our old life is finished and our new life begins peter was given this chance so he denied jesus so vehemently though he even swore i never knew jesus jesus restored him and this morning we're going to come around communion and i i just want to give an opportunity as we stand here this morning for us to reflect on our lives Are you in need of restoration with Christ? Are you living at the moment as though Jesus is not your Lord? Are you living in a place where 
you're actually betraying Christ to the world around you, where you're denying Christ, where you are not awake for Jesus. That's what we're going to reflect on today because ultimately the cross is that place where Jesus Christ died for all those things. I love, love, love how the death of Jesus did not only give us forgiveness, there's something else the death of Jesus took away. It's our shame. Our shame. What is it that you're ashamed of in your life? Did you know the cross was the place where that was dealt with as well? Where there is no shame. Like I think about the shame that, that I could have in my life about things <laughs> and other people that talk to me. People are so ashamed of things. But when they're mentioned in the light of the cross, those things are not us anymore. And they bring us no shame or dishonour because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away every stain. And what a blessing. What a wonderful thing that we are focusing on this, mo this morning that Jesus Christ died for us. I'd just like to invite the music team up and for communion, just please come and, and grab some bread and some juice. The first one's up. If you please just go to the side and start stacking up there. And then as we go, go down the aisles if you need to, whatever. We're just going to stand and just give you time to listen to the song, reflect. Maybe there's things in your life that you need to get right with Jesus today. Take the opportunity to do that. And then at the end, I'm just going to read uh, what Jesus said to his disciples and we'll take our communion together. Thanks, Matt.
as they were eating, Jesus took some, took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, Take it, for this is my body. Please eat of his body together. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. To tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink new in the kingdom of God. Let's drink this symbol of Jesus' blood for us, the sacrifice poured out for many, and give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you that we can remember that Jesus died for us. Thank you for the body that was broken for our healing. Thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. Father, thank you for this blood, which is a new covenant, that Jesus Christ gave us forgiveness. This blood was poured out so that our sins could be washed away, that we could be made white as snow. We thank you for that today, in Jesus' name.